Welcome to the Just Ask Mom podcast, where mothers share their experiences of raising children with mental illness. Just Ask Mom is a Mothers on the Frontline production. Today we will listen to Miss Diva from the USA. Please be advised that this interview contains some content about domestic abuse and may be upsetting for some audience members. This interview was recorded at the 2017 National Federation of Families for Children's Mental Health Conference in Orlando, Florida. During this particular recording, you can hear noise in the background from another event in the hotel. Please don't let these noises distract you from Ms. Diva's story. I'm sitting here, would you, and I want to say thank you very, very much for agreeing to be a part of our podcast. Can you please introduce yourself? Um, my name is Diva. And I am called Diva because I have been through so much in my 44 years on this earth until I feel like there is nothing anybody can do or say to break me anymore. And I feel like you can try, but I'm always going to become out victorious because that Diva is always going to hustle, get it done for her and her children no matter what. If she has a man or she don't have a man, she don't need a man to make it happen. And that's me. Thank you. Well, tell me, Miss Diva, tell us a little bit about who you are and who you were. What are your passions? Who are you outside of and in addition to being a mama? Oh, my gosh. Um, First of all, I honestly didn't want to become a mom. Mm -hmm. I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to give my children the love that they needed, like they were supposed to have. Because when I was a kid, I felt like I wasn't loved passionately enough as a child supposed to have been loved by their parents um, and encouraged enough because my parents didn't give me that encouragement. They gave my younger sisters that encouragement. But as far as me, they didn't do that. Um, But... When I had my children, I was like, wow. When I had my first child, I was like, oh. You know, I was like, oh no. And then had my second child after I got married. And then my third and my fourth. And then I was like, oh no, I'm a mom. So I was like, okay, I got to step my game up 10 times, 10,000 times more than what they did. So my goal was to always let my kids know that I love you and there is nothing you cannot do. Mm-hmm. I will not never stand in the way of your creativity. Um, the word can't and I won't will no longer be in existence for you all. Um, my kids used to think I was mean because I used to give them books to read. So <laughs> they was like, this is a punishment. No. It's not. So my kids found out it wasn't. But I um, I have been through domestic violence. My kids have seen that. Like, uh, still legally married to the man. Mm-hmm. He um, tried to kill me and my kids. So we are still standing through this. That's why I say I'm that diva. Mm-hmm. Because I refuse to allow you to dominate my life because if I let you dominate my life it's like you still have your hand in my life oh no 
because I'm going to do what I need to do. I have four children, 24, 18, 16, and 14. I have a 18-year-old, one that'll be 18. He has bipolar schizoaffective disorder and the alphabets. <laughs> and once you know what I mean when I say the alphabet. The alphabet, yes, the alphabet soup of yes. diagnoses. Yes. And sometimes he has his good days and sometimes he has his bad days. And it's like, whoa, wait, hold up. And sometimes he wants to listen to me, sometimes he don't. Right. But he's at the conference with me. He's doing good. When we walked past to come here, he was sitting in a class listening, paying attention. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that was a plus. He stopped by our table several times because he likes the candy. Yes. <laughs> I was like, you feel like you're trick-or-treating, huh? <laughs> we talked a couple of times. Yes. So he is a friendly young man. Yes, he is. But the thing is, I found out he was... He had these diagnoses when he was six. So, being of African American descent, mm -hmm. in our culture, we do not talk about mental illness. It's like the big elephant in the room, and if you do something about it, oh, oh no, just whoop them. Yeah. Whippings do not cure everything. Then. It's the next one. Oh, I'm going to pray it out. Um, No. Pray that God give me strength to endure what I'm about to go through. Pray that God gives him a stable mind or me so I won't go crazy and hurt this child. Mm. Because there's a lot of times when they say things that they don't mean and you feel like it's directed at you and they're just taking out their anger. Mm -hmm. Because when they do it, you be like, oh. Did you just lose your mind? And you be wanting ready, you be ready to like, oh, you know what? Yep, it's back on time. You about to go on the corners and fight. Yep, mm -hmm. put your gloves on. So, and I tell my parents all the time, if God didn't want them to have these, they, the doctors mm -hmm. here to help us, He would never put them in place. He would never put the psychiatrists, the therapists made these people that have the medicines so they can help them. Mm -hmm. And all the other people, all the little people, like these conferences to help give us the knowledge of what we can do with outside of when everybody else is gone home sleep, mm -hmm. what coping skills you can use to help your and your child, son or daughter, go into when they into that popping off mode. So my son, my because I have two sons, one has ADHD, PTSD, and he has suffered from seizures. Okay. And then my oldest son, he's the one that has the main ones. But my youngest son, he's, he's an introvert, but he's a smarty. Mm -hmm. He just don't want to go there. And so it's like I tell my kids, I gave them the, the analogy when they were young. I'm the head of the household, so I'm the head. Mm -hmm. My oldest daughter is my right hand. Huh. And my son that's 18, he's my left hand. Wow. And my 16-year-old is my right leg. And my 14-year-old is my left leg. I said, so if anything happened to one of you guys, my limbs are obsolete to me. 
So I said, I need every last one of you guys to do what you got to do. Because if you get hurt, get killed, something happens, my limbs no longer work the same. Right. That's a beautiful analogy. And they looked at me like, what? I said, I said, come here. So my son, I said, what? I pinched him. He said, ouch. I said, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. If something happens to you and you're my left arm. Yeah. So if you're gone, my pain is there. And until you come back in one piece whole, my pain goes away. Yeah. And he was like, oh, got it. I was like, thank you. So. That's a wonderful analogy of just how. I don't think our kids realize how much they are a, literally a part yes. of us. Yes. And I I feel like like when I used to tell my son when he was younger, when he needed help when he was in school, I said, baby, look at it this way. I need for you to get your slinky. Look at the slinky in your mind. When you have the slinky here at both hand level, you can you're fine. Once that slinky starts sliding down, you feel like you need help, you get that help. I said, once that slinky fall all the way down, you, you're out of control. You can't get that help no more. I said, once you get it started moving it up and down, you can get the help. Yeah. I said, but once it falls and go all the way across the room, there is no coming back from that help. He was like, okay, mom. So... A couple of days ago, he said to me, Mom, I'm trying to be that slinky. And I, I had the strangest look on my face like, okay, babe. He heard you. But he's, it's, but this analogy was given to him when he was six, seven years old. I know. He heard you. He heard it. That's and it's awesome. like, it's still there. Yeah. And he was like, Mom, I'm still that slinky. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, now <laughs> you you when you need that help, you tell me. Yeah. Because he has been like, if he hear voices, mm-hmm. he tells me. That's great. He's like, Ma, they're talking, and I'm like, okay, babe. Because I'm one of those parents, I listen. Because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, it was be seen and not heard. I see. And I and I. I was raised up in the church, and people ask me, why you don't go to church anymore? Because the people that raised me, I feel like they're the biggest hypocrites there is. Mm -hmm. Because you tell me to do as you do, do as you say, but not as you do. Mm -hmm. But in the whole entire time, you've been lying to me. Mm -hmm. You've been hiding stuff. You've been sneaking around. What do do you want me to do? How do you want me to take this? And God said, do not do this, and you did it. Mm -hmm. So you want me to feel this way. So I tell my mom, we were talking about something, and I said, Ma, she was just steady going off. I had to, you know, Ma. (laughs) She was like, what? I was like, look. I said, for everything that you come at me in the Bible with, Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back with you on this one right here. Mm -hmm. She said, Lord, yes. So she said, what? 
I said the Bible tells you, children obey your parents and the Lord. Then it comes again, children obey your parents and the Lord. For this is right, that that days may be long upon the earth. Mm-hmm. I said this is a scripture you parents hate. Mm-hmm. Children, parents, provoke not your children to wrath. Mm-hmm. I said, woman, what are you doing to me? <laughs> and she said, shut up and get off my phone. I said, no, you're provoking me to wrath, woman. You're provoking me. Mm-hmm. I said, so you are not listening to what the Bible says. I said, I told you, you hate that scripture. So does that translate ever with your kids? Because you talk about, I mean, it, what I'm hearing you talk about is the way in which, you know, you want to raise your children differently than the way in which you were raised. Because I have. Like, I have a 24-year-old. Mm-hmm. At 20, I had her. She has gone to nursing school, no kids. They told her she was going to be a dropout. She was going to have a house for the kids. And I told them, hold up. Don't put that into my child's life. Mm-hmm. We don't speak that into my child's life. Because mm-hmm. I've always told my children, be the best mm-hmm. at whatever you do. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be the best bum, be the best bum you're going to be. <laughs> and, and that's how I've always been with my kids. I've mm-hmm. always told my kids, be the best you. Be the best whatever it is you're going to be. Be the best whomever you're going to be. Don't let nobody stop you. Don't let nobody tell you how far you can dream. Don't let nobody get in your way. I said, if you feel like I'm getting in your way, be like, Ma, I need you to move. Mm-hmm. I'm walking out your way. I said, but I'm here. I am going to forever be your cheerleader until God takes me away. Because I tell my kids, I'm going to push you for the better. I'm not going to push you down. If I see you slip, I'm going to help you pick you up. So with that in mind, what would you say has been the greatest challenge in you getting help or raising your children around their mental health diagnoses and their mental health challenges? Getting the help from the community, like knowing where to go in the community that offers the help where we live. Okay. And when I found DFIA, it says what it is on the card. Okay. I just don't want to say because it'll say where I'm from. Yes, I see it. And so, yes. But Miss Harrison, she's mm-hmm. awesome. So, she's been like God sent. Because okay. like my son was put into a transition room. He got arrested. Defects did nothing. They didn't even show up. So Miss Tammy was there with me. We went. And his attorney said, Miss, you know, Miss Diva, if we, the judge said he can go home, would you take him home today? Sure would. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to let him stay in jail. No. So I have to, because I, I've learned something from when I was growing up. I've learned that 
You can have 10 children. Each one of them have a different personality. No, they do. Each one of them have something different to offer. Unless you have 10 fingers. Not one finger look alike. Each nail on your finger, one might be longer than the other. One might does more than the other finger can do. Because each one of my kids give me a different strength. Hmm. Like my 18-year-old, he really pulls out of me that I can go above and beyond. Hmm. How does he do that? Because he lets me know, Mom, you know, like with his diagnoses, mm-hmm. I go above and beyond to find out where I can go to get more help for him. Mm-hmm what's there for him, what options are there for him. Because normally, you know, when I was coming up, mental health insurance was never talked about. It was just like, get that rug and that broom, sweet, sweet, gone. Mm -hmm. You never talked about it. So when I got my kids help after being, fleeing my, my abusive husband, it's like me and my kids developed and played. I see. My own sisters, biological sisters at that. One, she's his godmother. He asked her for a game. Mm-hmm. Why lie to a child? It's right. like I I have to um take care of some bills and then when I'm watching you on Facebook post live pictures live go going live mm-hmm. posting pictures of you and my other sister in the Bahamas. What? Mm-hmm. Did you just lie to this child? Mm-hmm. And he uh, he called me. Did Auntie talk? To, uh, I haven't talked to her, honey. I see. So when you have to lie to your child about somebody else lying, I hate lying to my kids. Mm-hmm. That is one thing that me and my kids promised that we would not do. Because mm-hmm. I have not lied to my kids about anything that is important to them. Like that one, that kind of lie. I feel like that's. Not a full lie, right. but it's still a lie. But in terms of their 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 diagnoses and treatment, because you don't want, and then you have to realize they are more sensitive right. than the other kids because the other kids can handle it. Mm-hmm. Their diagnoses, they can't, right? Because they're like, what? They lie to me? They what? They spaz out, go off, you know, do a whole bunch of other stuff. So it's like you have to tread lightly mm-hmm. with 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 their diagnoses. So what would you say, in addition to learning how to talk to your children, how to, and I, you are doing a wonderful job of... Thank you. Just giving them, and I mean, he, your your son is one of the few people that I met, this kid, and so of of giving them senses of confidence and in and something stable that I con- of love. I constantly tell my children, "I love you." Mm-hmm. I constantly let them know I got your back. Good. I constantly say, "Hey, remember who's here? She's here. If you need her, I'm here." Um, cause like right now I'm sick and my, my youngest three are here with me and even though he has his moments, mm-hmm. I don't care what he is going through. 
You say something is wrong with his mama. He snapped. What? You what? What's, what? What's going on with my mama? Mm-hmm. He's going to find out what is wrong with his mama and try to make his way back to his mama. Because, mm-hmm. like, one of his siblings was like, mama can't get her shoes on. She is so swollen, she can't even move. Right. So he came upstairs and was like, mama, let me in. I'm like, and I told my youngest son, I was like, open the door for your brother. Mm-hmm. So he came in the room and put my shoes on for me. Mm-hmm. So that's. When I say my kids have my back just Mm -hmm. as much as I have theirs, Mm -hmm. when I think they don't have my back and I feel like they don't pay me no attention, Mm -hmm. they do. They pay me a world of attention. I feel like they don't, but they do. Because like my 24-year-old, I feel like sometimes she don't have my back, but she does. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's so important. Because I had asked her, I said, if anything happened to me, she was like, Ma, you ain't even got to worry about it. Them three, I'm already I'm already on it. I already know. I got to raise them. Wow. She said, you ain't even got to write it down. Mm-hmm. She said, I already know what my job is to make sure them three is good. I said, you got my back. She was like, oh, no doubt. She said, even though we argue fuss, she said, but you my only mama. And she said, you've always been there. Wow. So I've always made sure my kids and always will make sure my kids know that I love them. Even if I can't talk, my kids know sign language. Mm-hmm. So we tell each other, I love you in sign language. So we like, yeah, it's like you. And then, you know, a lot of people be like this. Uh-huh. We go to, we go this way. The eye with, and then touching your face uh-huh. and you. And they be like, what? Because when we was in court. And I did this, and I touched my face, and did this. And he was like, and then he was like, so, yeah. My kids, when I say, I used to be a teacher. Oops. I used to be a teacher. And when I did Scholastic, I wouldn't send all the Scholastics home with these kids. I'd be like, oh, I can use this at home. <laughs> so my kids learn. They know a little sign language. Oh, that's wonderful. So they know. Because I told them, I was like, it's good to learn another language. Mm-hmm. And it was like, sign language? I said, what is it at the end of that word? It was like, language? I was like, it's another. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your self-care routine? How do you take care of you? Oh, gee. <laughs> I love music. Mm-hmm. Um, I love going to the gym when I'm not sick. Mm-hmm. I used to be a size 24 when I was size 18. Oh wow! And I started in the gym in January, so when I turned 44 in July, mm-hmm. it was a dress that I was trying to get into. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been out in the gym a month because my fibromyalgia has been acting up. Mm-hmm. But oh, she me will get back in the gym. But I do, I do talk to, I do have my own therapist, my own shrink, mm-hmm. I talk to. Because if I don't take care of me, I can't take care of them. Exactly. Because I've learned that the hard way. Because so I had therapists when we lived in another state. You have to take care of you first. Mm-hmm. You can't, if you don't take care of you, you can't take care of them. And that's why a lot of parents 
stop. Mm -hmm. They only seek help for the children, never for themselves as well. Right. Plus, if you don't seek help for yourself and get educated for yourself to know what's going on with yourself and your child, you will never be able to advocate for your child. Right. The best. Because you are your child's best advocate. Yeah. And you're your child's best voice because if you don't get that education on what's going on mm -hmm. and read what they put in front of you it's just that of just signing mm -hmm. you're gonna miss that mm -hmm. because with me I learned that the hard way mm -hmm. so I do I do my girl days with my, my gym buddy good yeah as you see my nails there Oh yeah, you got you have nobody can see this, but I can see it. You have fabulous nails. Thank you. And they're mine. I just oh. go get the acrylic overlay and get the nails. They are gorgeous. Thank you. I have my green nail for mental health. Yes. Awareness. Yes. Mental health awareness. And then the rest of them are black. And then I have one blue. I'm not gonna tell you which finger is blue. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say that even on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it stands out. Yes. So my son calls that his expression finger. Yes, and it is mine <laughs> because so. my twenty-four-year-old be like, "Ma, ma." <laughs> She's like, "Yes, I did." But yes, I I do my music. I do my my girls' day with my my gym buddy. Either that, we go get our nails done. We either go out to eat, get a drink. That's great. Yeah. Self-care is so important. Yeah. So, that's self-care. How do you advocate for yourself? Oh. Um, Not for your kids. No. But for you. For me, I am I'm a very soft-spoken person. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think because I have this little girl look. Because everybody thinks I'm in my 20s. Mm -hmm. my you 30s. are very young. And everybody thinks I'm a little girl because I look so young. I'm like... Don't let it fool you. That's because you're useful. <laughs> Thank you. And I tell people, don't let it fool you. Mm -hmm. And because um, I, I'm very knowledgeable about what I want and what I need. And if I, I'm telling you what I need and you're not helping me to get what I need, mm -hmm. I'm going to go around you or above you to get what I need. I see. And if I have to go through you to get what I need, I will do that too. So, my needs, I, I, I will do that too. You advocate for your needs. So, in all of this, and your, this, this journey that you've been on, this journey that you still are on, if you had to point out some of your most laughable moments, moments where you just have to sit down and just laugh about life, what would you say your most laughable moment is so far? Ooh. <laughs> I was at a, in one state where we lived in, um, the principal kept saying, we have done all we can do for your son. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying, your son. He never, he didn't know my son's name. I see. So, 
The table was about as long as this table. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the table and I didn't see the assistant principal. I said, do you know anything about my son? Mm -hmm. He looked at me, picked up a pile of papers. I said, you don't know jack squat about my son. And he looked at me and everybody looked because I'm a soft-spoken person, so I, my voice raised. And he was like, I said, all you know is what you're reading on that paper. I said, do you not know my son is a little comedian at times? I said, do you not know my son's name is da-da-da-da-da-da? Mm -hmm. Not this child. <laughs> and I said, you don't even work with this child. I said, could you please bring in your person that works with my child? Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I said, can you please get her? I said, because uh, if you keep sitting here, we're not going to have this meeting. Right. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I didn't, nobody, if they were talking and I just was sitting there. And he got up and went and got her. She came in and sat out in the meeting and did. I was not, and it was so funny because when we were done, my advocate, she was like, I can't believe you did that. And I was like, she was like, wow, silence was golden with you. And she said, I can't believe I heard you yell. She said, I have never heard you yell. I was like, she was like, yeah, you would be a great peer specialist. I was like, who said I wanted to be? So, yeah. Good. Is there any particular organization, since we're at um, a major conference, that you would like to give a shout out to or to? Okay. Um, so, you know, can I say the name of the organization? Mm -hmm. I won't say the state. Thank you very, very, very much, Miss Diva. You're so welcome. And this was, as I always say this, but I totally mean it. It was eye-opening, it was inspiring, and you were amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to Just Ask Mom, copyrighted in 2018 by Mothers on the Frontline. Today's podcast host was Dan Benson-Smith. The music is Old English, Written, performed, and recorded by Flame Emoji. For more podcasts in this and other series relating to children's mental health, go to mothersonthefrontline.com or subscribe on iTunes, Android, Google Play, or Stitcher.